What's up, kickbackers? This is Sabrina with my girl Sharika and our brother EB, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of The Kickback. Hi, everyone. Happy almost end of January, which is wild. Uh, I feel like I shouldn't be doing this, but I have to ask, how are those New Year's resolutions going? (laughs) I know as podcast family, we said, you know, resolutions, resolutions, we're doing words. I think I said my word is uh, preparation because preparation is power. Sharika, did you did you share a resolution with the people or? Um, I don't know if I shared a resolution, but you know, the resolution is always going to be the resolution that of every year, trying to get my fitness and health into gear. And friend, I, you know, in, in true honesty, it's been going trash. I literally went to crumble yesterday and literally bought four cookies. Why? Don't ask me. But because, well, I'll tell you why, because the, the menu this week was fire. And I was like, mm. don't even tell me what it is because then okay. I will fall short of, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I almost invited you to Zumba this morning, but then I myself didn't go. So I was like, oh, well. <laughs> and I almost said when you, we were talking earlier this week, I almost was like, you know what, Sabrina, I'll come with you to Zumba. But girl, I was also still in the bed. I was awake, but I was just chilling this morning. You know what we need to do? At least commit to doing one class together per week. We can, can commit do to one between Sunday to Sunday. There's a gym really close to our house, actually in the middle of our neighborhood, like halfway to Sharika's house, halfway to mine. There's a gym right there. So Sharika and I, we can get hit the Zumba, the body pump. Uh, I can't tell you guys what EB's resolution is. <laughs> EB has gone ghost, y'all. I hope he's okay. We uh, hit him up at our regular time to do our recording. And it was, did they say radio silence? Is that? Yeah. Yep. Radi- but you know what's trash? Yesterday he texted me something totally unrelated. It was uh, actually a really cool uh, thing that he saw on Instagram. But because of my own pettiness I did not respond because I'm like how dare you but it's all good because we have a special treat and you know we love EB but also not me low-key dragging men last week and then EB doing this to us <laughs> but y'all know I celebrate you know um what did Issa Rae say I'm reading for everybody black I love my brother EB I'm sure <laughs> he has a very solid reason for going silent that being said, um, that's not even my tent track. That's just me being honest with the people. Sharika, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling uh, actually a lot better than last week. You know, uh, it was a hard week. It's still not great, but I'm doing a lot better. Uh, my temp is my temp is 73. Um, the days here in Florida, you guys know, I can't stand when it's too hot for too long. And it hasn't been too bad. The weather has actually been very decent. Um, we've actually had some cool days. And for you all wondering, what is a cool day in Florida? We've been in the 50s sometimes, mainly in the 60s a couple of days. But hey, listen, I will take it. Um, actually, that's probably as cold as I really want to go on a consistent basis. I probably don't. We had a cold front uh, near the holidays and it almost took half of us out. So it was so cold. And when I say cold, we were literally in the 20s and things like that. So much so like I had family in town from Illinois and Maryland and New York and they were all cold. So it was actually cold. So don't come for us talking about Florida don't get cold. It'd be getting cold here sometimes. But my temp is good. I'm always glad to be with you guys on the pod. And we have a special treat that makes me more excited. And our topic today is exciting. So I have, you know, a lot of things to be excited about today. So my temp is great. Amen. I'm right there with you. I had a really nice week just getting into the swing of things with life after the holidays. And it's kind of crazy, especially when you host, I'm sure any of Mm. you who have hosted before, (laughs) that's a whole other thing. So I finally feel like my life is getting back in rhythm. So I guess my temp is a a cool 65 to 70. I like it when it's at least a little bit cooler here. I'm not the Mm -hmm. Floridian who's like, oh, it's 85 and Christmas is great. That's not me. So I'm like 65 to 70. I like wearing my little sweater and my little boots. 
and it's definitely a vibe. But my song today goes in line with a topic Sharika selected for us, which is amazing. And it is from Disney. It's titled Every Girl Can Be a Princess. You probably haven't heard this one. It's not one of their mainstream ones. It's like one of the sides when they put all the Disney princesses together. But I love this little line that I will read to you guys. Every girl can be a princess. Any dream can be. Close your eyes and see a magic wand. And soon you've gone from just you to royalty. Mm. You know what? I'm here for it. And the, there's a whole bunch of little title. You know, what? I'm going to put this song in the show notes because it has <laughs> such great little, little lines. It says, every girl can be a princess. Fashion can be learned. Okay. Heads can still be turned by your sweet face, the style and grace, you know, you've already earned. You know what? Shout out to all the black princesses out there. Shout out to black girl magic and shout out to a princess that I met. I don't even want to say randomly because I feel like sometimes in life, things just happen the way they need to happen. And that is how we have this amazing special guest with us. Y'all remember not too long ago, rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. Around that time, I was in Charlotte. That was, I think she died on my birthday. (gasps) Queen Elizabeth died on your birthday? I was at the nail salon getting my nails done for my birthday when it was on the news. I think it was my birthday. And what was the reaction there? Uh, well, the going salon. on, it, uh, huh? In the nail salon, were people like, oh my goodness? Well, I- there was like the the people working were working. They were paying it dust. Um, the few patrons that were like, there were some ladies in the, um, in the, you know, getting their feet in the pedicure chairs. I saw them noticing and making some comments. It didn't seem to rustle a lot of feathers. People were like, oh, that's unfortunate. Or that's sad. Oh, the queen's dead. And that was it. Nobody was giving more than that. It was very bland and basic. So I happened to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, because you guys know I surprised my mom for her 60th birthday. And then I wanted to see my friends Ashley's baby because I hadn't seen him since he was born. But I also knew, girl, you're working. You did not take vacation for this. If you go to Ashley's house right when you get there, it's going to be a wrap. You cannot do that. Even though, So I didn't even tell my friend Ashley I was in town. I was like, I'm going to go to one of my favorite spots when I lived in Charlotte called Amelie's. Y'all, they had the best pastries, soups. Just it's, it's just such a vibe. So I went there. I had my monitors up. I'm working away. And there's people around me. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is like a thing that lots of people do. And there's a beautiful woman who came in and she just seemed like so poised and she seemed like she was getting all her stuff together. But I'm, I am introverted, believe it or not. So I'm not talking to the strangers. I'm not connecting with these people around me. I'm just noticing we're all in a vibe. But y'all, when we found out that the queen had passed, suddenly it was like we were all united and we're not even British. So we just start talking about it. And she was sharing these awesome facts and like strong opinions about the monarchy and history. And I was like, you are really cool. I just really felt a vibe with her. So y'all, I did what I never did. I was like, girl, let's connect via Facebook. I made a whole friend. We connected to her Facebook. Y'all know I don't follow many people. I don't even follow my own mom, Shrieker EB, but I follow this woman on Facebook. She has the best posts. Like her thinking is just incredible and in the same way that EB just gets people together who have different thoughts and ideas and aren't afraid to share them in respectful ways she does this I feel like she generates meaningful conversations and so I just like to introduce you all to our special guest Rashawn. Rashawn are you here with us girl? Yes I am yay! (laughs) So uh tell us before you tell us your temp check just That day we met in Amelie's, what were you doing there? And did you feel that same sense of camaraderie when we all started to talk, all of us strangers started to talk about what was going on? Yes. Um, Yeah, it was, it's always like that moment. Where were you when this happened, right? Mm. Um, So that will will be one of those moments. Where were you when the Queen of England died? And yeah, so it was, it was, it was great. It was so shocking. I don't know why it was shocking. She was 96. Okay. <laughs> but I, just, I thought she had another 10 year run in her. So mm. I was just like, oh my gosh, I could not believe it. And it couldn't have happened in a better place. Right. You know, we didn't have to go through that alone. Right. We had people. Mm. Yeah. 
So how are you feeling today? What's your tip? Um, okay, so I would say that, oh, I do want to point on something. Um, you guys were talking about New Year's resolutions, and I will say the resolutions will not be televised. Okay. So I have to throw that in. I would say it's 65 degrees mm. and I do need to I do need to turn it up you know I do need to turn it up um unfortunately COVID and her ugly cousin got me at the beginning of the year no. so yes I survived it though I was hospitalized the year before um oh, no. so I kind of came out of it unscathed so it kind of put me a little bit, but now it's time to warm up. I'm on my way to Vegas on Ooh. Monday. Uh, so when I come back, it's like, it's time to turn up the smoke and get this temp up. So right now it's like, you know, it's cool. I'm, I'm comfortable, but I'm not, I'm not warmed up enough, but I'm getting there. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that you survived COVID not once, but twice. That's terrifying, but so glad you made it through. I am like, when will it ever end, you guys? I am over it as well. And I'm so glad that you're doing so much better. I'm excited about this Vegas trip. Right. I, I don't even know you like that. But, you know, a trip to Vegas sounds like a good time. My husband and I went there for our anniversary. And I've been really wanting to go back um, and do some more different things that we didn't get to do the last time. Exactly. So are you going to see some shows? Like, isn't Usher in I don't know if he's there any, right now. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. No, they're actually um, gearing up for the um, Lovers and Friends tour that is centered around Usher, but there's going to be a lot of different other artists. So Ooh. I think he's on a break as for that. But actually, I'm going to Vegas. I am a two-time-a-year type of Vegas girl prior to my mother living there. But my mother actually lives in Vegas, so that's the reason I'm going. But we are going on Tuesday. We are going to something called the um, Comedy on Wheels bus tour. And mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of great news about it, so we are really excited. So the guy, his name is Smiley Wiley. And, you know, he's this, like, handsome, tall, black dude. So, right there, that's enough. But he's also <laughs> pretty funny. So, if there's breakfast, if there's alcohol and food. So, what could go wrong, right? Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm here for the moms living in Vegas. Hint, hint, mom, if you're listening and when you retire, if you want to relocate somewhere, go someplace fun so I can... <laughs> See you and have a little yeah, celebration. Exactly, 100%. All right, so Sharika, you want to, I gave the people a teaser with my temp check, but you want to tell the friends what we are talking about today. So um, as you all know, we've been talking about how we're going to talk about the Harry, Harry and Meghan documentary or on Netflix. And we, you know, we, we broke down to you guys the, what has it been a year or two ago when they had the little Oprah uh, interview and we were all in and we was in again. And so I said, we have to talk about it. Sabrina finished it up this week and she was like, I have a friend who's into this, who actually has studied the history. I said, girl, that sounds like a good time. So we had to get into it today. And that's what we're talking about. All, the royals, the monarchy. Harry, Megan, the the what is it? The establishment? What is it? The what do they call them? The, I think you're right. The establishment. Whatever they, you know, all the things. So we're gonna get into it. All right. Before we get deep into the conversation, I have to tell you one of the things that uh, Vashon said to me when we were in the coffee house. Well, not just to me. It was a, like a little group of us. She believes that one day Harry and Megan will be back on the throne. Harry will actually be king. So I thought, I was like, no way, because Megan and, not Megan, what's the brother's name? Uh, William. William and Kate have so many kids. It would just take so much. But then she started telling me about the British history and all of these things. So when Sharika talked about this topic, I was like, I have to have her back because it was a coffee house. We really couldn't get that deep into it. So Vashon, do you still believe that or has your mind changed? 
You know what? So if we want to talk crazy, like I can talk crazy all day. And I know to most people, they're like, but she is crazy. But it's not because of anything that I see. It's just something I feel like I can't really explain it. Mm. Um, I really can't explain it like in a way that is could be clearly understood as far as something mm-hmm. tangible and real. It's just something that I just believe is going to happen. And I hate to talk about it because in general, we know what that means, right? Like we know what that means in order for that to happen. But like, as I like to highlight, when you study like, and I'm no expert, but I am kind of fascinated, always have been with the English monarchy. Uh, But if you kind of study history, you realize like it only takes an act of parliament um, to change a law. And so, you know, we kind of get ingrained in these ideas that, well, no, well, that's the way that it is, and and it can't change. And I'm like, since when? I mean, you've only lived in a sliver of time. So look historically, and we can look at the fact that we probably didn't think that, you know, a lot of people probably didn't think something like Roe versus Wade could get rolled back here in the United States, but it did, right? So things are always possible, and it just depends on the era and times that we live, and we just don't know what the future is going to bring, and the future is getting ready to go crazy. And I will tell you this, I can tell you one thing for certain, that if there was any need to preserve the the crown, that's what they call it, I guess they call it the crown versus the establishment, but if there was any need to preserve the crown, they would do whatever it took. So I think mm. there's many different pathways, and, um, you know, and I like to dial it back sometimes and just talk about the fact that if you think that changing the law, the secession, or anything of that nature would be hard. Just imagine Henry VIII completely changing the relationship that England had with the Catholic Church. Now, that's even deeper, right? Um, So it's always a possibility, but I just feel in my little heart of hearts um, that we, we might look up in about 30, 40 years, maybe even sooner, and voila, and... And I, I'm not going to speak to the fact of the obvious. I'm just trying to say there's multiple ways that that could happen. So, yeah. Absolutely. One thing that I thought was very interesting from their Netflix documentary was that they weren't pushing to leave and they really enjoyed the responsibilities that came with those roles. I mean, one of the things that seemed to attract Harry to Megan was the fact that she was already doing the things that someone in the role of his wife would need to be able to do well. They just wanted protection. Mm -hmm. They wanted to not be bullied and they really tried to make it work. So that made me think of you too, because I'm like, okay, they actually rock with the responsibilities. It was the other foolishness that they couldn't rock with. And then essentially What I got from the documentary was that they were kind of pushed out, especially when they had that whole meeting and made sure Megan wasn't there and poor little Harry was getting yelled at by his brother. I'm like, oh, so that's one of the things that I got from it. And as soon as like I was in the episode two, I was like, I have to order spare. I got spare on deck, y'all. So maybe we'll have another episode where we talk about the book that he wrote. That's what I got from it. Sharika, Lashawn, I'm interested to hear what you guys got from the documentary. So interestingly enough, I'm not even mad at your takes. I can see, this is how I can see this happening. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know the ins and the outs, but I do see that a lot of people, the high esteem, I think there's still a high esteem that they hold the monarch and the crown and all that. I think that is still there, but I do see a lot more people being like, "Mm, I don't know if I, you know, they're not as rocking with it as hard and as dedicated as they used to be. And I think that there might have to be a change to show like, especially inclusivity, like with people of color and all the countries and things that they are, they oversee being like, you know what, we people like Jamaica backing, oh, I mean, um, Bar- Barbados, Barbados, I think it was. Yeah, they, you know, people saying, you know what, we, we're off this, we're off you guys. And I think that they may feel like we need to do something to get more of a inclusive, uh, show that we're more inclusive than, and especially after Harry and Meghan have 
lit the spot up with all the stuff they're talking about, it's gonna be, I think they're gonna need to, to preserve the monarchy, they might need to be like, hey, we're not what we used to be. We're not, we're not the racists that we used to be. We, we're, we've learned the error of our ways to be able to state it because if the people don't back them, they don't have it, they don't exist anymore. So I'm not, so I wouldn't be totally shocked. I never thought about that, but I could see the fact that people's stomachs seem to be turning against them, that they may have to do something that they didn't expect that they would have to do to be able to preserve uh, the lineages of their lineages in the monarch, so monarchy. So I'm not surprised about that. Um, the documentary was... It was interesting in a lot of ways. I felt I was glad for them to be able to share their story. I felt bad that they had been, I mean, it's it's just sad. Like from the Oprah documentary or Oprah interview, I already learned so much that I didn't know. But just about the fact that they have basically, they were like almost, I don't want to say in prison, but basically held, you know, they, they have to, it's their way or the highway. And I don't think that they wanted them to go. I think they just wanted them to conform and they didn't. I don't think they expected that they would really walk away. I think they just thought we will press down on them so hard. They, they have no other choice. There's nothing out there for them. There's nowhere for them to go. They will just end up getting in line and doing what we want to do, want them to do. And so in this documentary, I was so glad, I mean, because if it wasn't for people that stepped up and helped them, they wouldn't have anywhere to go and they wouldn't have anything else that they could do. So I'm so glad that they were able to get out. But it was the thing that has always stood out to me, like one of the main, like, um, when in the Oprah documentary, he's Harry said it, but it still was ringing in my head as I was watching, watching this documentary was that he was like, if it wasn't for the money that my mother put away from me, we wouldn't be able to like survive. And I thought it's so interesting that Diana would put money aside for her children because if you look at this, why would they ever need money? If they're planning on being a part of the, you know, this establishment forever, why would they ever need money? But the fact that she was like, you know what, I'm going to leave money for my children made me think that maybe she knew something or maybe she was like, there might be a time my children have to get out or what. I don't know what she thought, but I have just been like, that is so interesting to me that she thought I need to do something to protect my kids or help my kids and I will leave them money. So I, that's always been like so interesting to me, but I loved hearing about their little love story, how they got together. Harry has always just seemed a little more relatable than William. Um, and I, you know what, even though we talked, we said that, uh, even though I said I could see them being coming um, king and queen, I would, I really don't want that for them because I don't want them to ever have to go through or go back into what they had to because it sounded awful. She couldn't get mental help. She couldn't go or do anything, couldn't contact the people she wanted to talk to, couldn't even have her niece in her wedding, at her wedding. It was just like, this is too controlling. And I, it just seems so heartbreaking. And I love that they wanted to do the work and they were like, you know what, we'll do the work. We don't even want, we'll pay to do the work on our own. But they were like, nah, it's our way or the highway. And I'm glad they chose the highway. So for me, that's kind of like the overall thoughts of, of the documentary. <sighs> Let's see. So I have some challenging things to say. Let's hear it. One is, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, let me, I, I'm taking a deep breath first because when I was deciding um, about how I felt about Megan and, and her role in the world and what the future would bring for her, right? Um, you know, thinking that she, she came to this point for a reason. Um, one thing I do acknowledge, so let's talk about it. So, you know, it, uh, slavery was never really technically legal in, the, in, in, in England, right? It was never technically legal. So they had, they allowed slavery like throughout all of their colonies and all mm -hmm. of their atrocities were, you know, um, committed outside of the realm of England. So the racial dynamic 
is not the same. The way that racial issues became more xenophobic than racial, in my opinion, right? Because, you know, England touched all over the globe. Um, and it developed in a different way, in my opinion, than in the United States. The English, in general, are very passive-aggressive people. Um, and they have this whole, like, very hoity-toity, you know, dignified way of approaching things that are controversial. So, and it's my belief that, you know, Megan stepped into a set of circumstances, and this is where I probably am going to say something a little controversial, <laughs> but Megan stepped into a set of circumstances that she was not prepared for because she didn't know who she was. Mm. I, 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 I acknowledge the racism, yes. Um, uh, you know, when people, when the, the Brits attempt to say that they're not racist, I'm like, listen, the apple don't fall from, fall from, uh, far, far from tree. And so, you know, uh, Americans found, you know, figured this out from somewhere, right? Mm. So, yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that I really think in their minds, you know, they're just going to use whatever ammunition that they, that they, that they can, because they have had a history and I will be honest, I mean, they did put Kate Middleton through a lot as well. You mm. know, the whole social climber, the whole weighty Katie, the whole, you know, attempting to kind of illustrate her as, you know, somebody who was lazy. I mean, they did it too. So in my opinion, yes, it was, it is partially about race, right? But it's also just the way that the fact that you are, a part of the world community and they're going to use whatever ammunition that they had and that is unfortunate and it needed to be addressed but megan's issue is is that she, the girl didn't know that she was black somehow mm -hmm. she was able to shield herself from that um and because of her appearance and her experiences and how she insulated herself how she decided to pursue life and and so therefore it was a complete shock to her and so they are crap people. Like, so this is not, I'm like, this isn't news. I believe it was a sister over there, you know, like that grew up, hey, dealing with the fact of blackness. Like, I don't really think, I think she would have gathered them, you know, got it together and would have, you know, defended herself. But I don't think that it would have played out the same way. And so I struggled with that a little bit because in my eyes, my mind, I'm thinking you had no idea what you were getting yourself into because I don't know how you existed all these years. Your mama is, she got locked up here, you know, just as just as brown skin, probably smelled like cocoa butter and shea butter <laughs> in the whole nine. So, and you keep over there thinking like that you aren't going to have to deal with this. And I'm like, you, you know, any black woman that is existing, particularly in America, I mean, my goodness, you know, I mean, we have dealt with the same thing. Um, and I understand the severity of it. I'm just trying to normalize it from the perspective of this is what happens when you walk into um, the, and, and, your, and her race and her mixed race heritage was, you know, kind of a highlight of the conversation. And we already know that the if you look at world history, they have always been crappy individuals. They've always been horrible people. Like, so this is not news to anyone. So in regards to the documentary though, um, I think that, you know, my, takeaways from that was this is what I think. I think that Harry already had an idea that he wanted out. You know, he chose mm. I'm not trying to say he fell in love with Megan for a reason, but you know, he chose her. He was attracted to her for a reason. And they talked about that. And that really resonated. And then on top of that, you know, I think that, you know, he always wanted to separate himself. He really internalized everything that happened to his mother mm -hmm. you know he's youngest and you know it, it's so these kinds of things really shape and mold a person all of his rebellion um he really he didn't really like any of them for real he, you know he, he considered william his arch nemesis he liked his grandmother right but i think she also played a role because she was good at that. Mm. you know she was good at herself from the blame um, even though she was the boss and making decisions. Um, and so I think what happened is that this is what they wanted. And I think that they wanted to exist inside of the Royal family, but on their terms. Mm -hmm. And they were also pushed back um, to certain things and it just created a lot of contention. So this is not about like saying that the blame has to be shared. 
it's just that it's a perspective that, you know, I'm not going to say and be like, on the scale of everyone else, that the victimization of Megan, I won't say that it's, when you look at everything, when you look at, when you look at Queen Elizabeth I, and you look like what she endured, and she ascended, you know, to the throne, I mean, you know, this is just the nature of what they do. And so I think maybe she was ill-prepared and I'm always happy to have a conversation about racism and to be uh, to, uh, to address it. But I do have a little bit of an issue when I feel like this is a lived reality for people of color, for black women and girl, join the crowd, honey. And then let's do something <laughs> about it. And so, you know, and she is. So, yeah, so those are kind of maybe my unpopular thoughts about that. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything unpopular about that at all or controversial. I think you read it for filth as it needed to be done. Um, I also, I couldn't articulate it as well as you did, but I also thought this thing of, and, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant because what do I know about the biracial experience? Close to nothing. But it was pretty clear in the documentary that I guess outside of her mom and that side of the family, she didn't, I'm like, does she have any black friends outside of Serena? I don't know. And so you're well, right. Tyler Perry. Oh, well, Tyler, Medea came through. That's all I have to say. And what a surprise that was. You guys <laughs> about our top two surprises. <laughs> It is wild to me that he just reached out to them on a, hey, I know what it's like. And that was heartbreaking when he's like, sometimes when you get to a certain level, it'd be the closest ones. As the saying goes, it'd be your own family. And he's just like, I know how heartbreaking this is. And then two years later, she like, do you got a house? Because we're out here. We ain't got no security. And we need and he helped. And he even mm. built a fence for them. So that's a whole nother thing. But you're right. I think it can be a shock when you see yourself as one way and the world is like, um, also this is the way too, and this is what we're gonna come for because the best friends, all that, you know, they weren't looking like me. So I'm like, oh, you didn't have, you had no black friends. <laughs> so you're right. I think part of that was realizing who she was. Yeah, because here's the thing, this is a choice. And this is the reason why I'm gonna tell you like, you know, this is why I struggled when I kind of, decided on how I was going to approach Megan's story because I didn't know going into it is that I really struggled but I realized what I had to say about her because I do I, I love her I, I don't have any you know issues but this is the truth there's no way unless it was by choice that she chose to exist in the world and not to be able to acknowledge racism because when something racist happened you know what she said to herself oh well they ain't talking about me mm, you know because okay. she's kind of said well, I didn't know ever been treated as a black woman and I was like oh my gosh girl no you didn't I've never been treated as a black woman until I went to I said oh because every time something happens in regards to blackness you completely just like erased it out of your mind or, or just shielded yourself from it so when someone made un, when somebody made racial jokes around you you, didn't, you weren't even offended because see it didn't have to happen to me for me to be offended right? Because I understand that I'm Black and I understand that I'm a woman. So even if you're saying something ancillary to me and external to me, I'm still like acknowledging that. And I'm acknowledging the fact that, wait a minute, hold up. And so I think that she didn't do that. And so she had to go over there and digest 400 years of indoctrinated white supremacy and racism and she couldn't handle it. And that I do sympathize with that for her, but I just don't know how, because I'm like, girl, you had a black, you have a black mother, not a white mother, you have a black mother. And so how, and as a woman, you know, when you looked at your mom, you just chose not to see yourself at all. And that's my story, I'm sticking to it. I can see exactly how it can happen for multiple reasons. I'll just share a little bit of my background with the people on the pod now. I am, my parents are from the islands. I was actually born on in St. Thomas. My parents' view of racism and racial issues is a lot different. I mean, it's, it, they, I mean, it's evident, but the way I grew up, I didn't notice a lot of things because when you come from a place where 
everyone's black or a majority of the people are your race and it's a different lived experience than when you grow up as a minority they were the majority so the way i was raised i did not notice literally i was in high school um in high school i we had moved to georgia and there were some things happening in my parent and i heard my parents talking about how this was racist and things like that and i literally was like oh, this is racism because I did not grow up with it as prevalent in my life, especially I grew up in a very multicultural area where it was a lot of people, a lot of races, races there, interracial. It was just didn't seem like a thing. Very, very shocking to me in high school. Also in, in California where Megan grew up, one, she does not what, what, what she does she can be she can pass for other if not she doesn't look black and also so she doesn't identify with that but also I was hearing from people who live in California who talk about the racism is very different in California other places it's very like in the south it's very much in your face but it's very covert and under because they want to seem woke and they want to seem like oh we're but so it's very subtle like it though, because, um from what I saw her mom was called a nigger when they were pulling out of the parking lot yes but that was that was okay and that was the only incident she could point to out of her whole existence Kevin Angel talk about that they in there on here's the thing is a podcast that me and Sabrina like, but they've talked about how several times he's like, I rather the racism in the South because they'll say it to your face here in California. You'd be like, Hmm, that seemed a little racist. And it's almost like what, like you have to read between the lines and you have to know the undertones to really understand because they come from, Oh, we're, we're more inclusive. We're more liberal and things like that. Of course, the racism is still very much there, but it's just not as obvious as when you are in certain places like the South and people are just more direct and be like, boy, you I don't get belong. I that, Sharika, but also didn't she study like international relations or something? And much to Vashon's point, like I don't have to be a Caucasian redhead to know white people have something against the redheads. I don't get it. They constantly have just, but I can sympathize. I don't have to be right to know oh, like anti-Semitism, that isn't great. I don't have to be a young boy to realize, hey, the priest, the Catholic priest who be fondling us, that's not right. That's not okay. Like it shouldn't be, have to be that way. No, I, I don't think that, that she missed that point. What I think she didn't realize to what, what Bashan said, it, she wasn't identifying that as her. She'd be like, that is wrong. They are wrong what they did to those people. But girl, okay. she didn't know she was those people. That was the problem. <laughs> and the other thing she was unaware of is what she was walking into, not just being a woman of color, not all, she didn't understand the monarchy and how they roll, period. She didn't know what it was entailed. Even when she said, oh, when I thought, you know, I was meeting Harry's grandmother, I thought it was his grandmother, not the queen. No, ma'am, it's totally different. That lady is the queen behind the doors, in front of the doors, around the door. That is the queen. You will Even bow. Kate you will her do all the, the queen to be energy because she said when they had their little dinner, she was nice about it. <laughs> she wasn't completely clear, but she said, you know, I knew I would have to, you know, bow whatever to Kate in public. But I guess when Kate came in the house, she was like, you know, bow down, beat energy. <laughs> she said, trying to give her a hug and Kate was like, ma'am, do not touch. So she was unaware of a whole lot of things. She didn't know what she was walking into with just them. She didn't know who she was as a black woman. And she didn't know that people th knew she was black because she didn't know she was black. So it she was unaware in so many ways. And being American coming into their culture, that's also another thing. And and everyone is, she thought, like she said, she said, oh, I thought it was just going to be like being a celebrity. Like she's a celebrity here in the U.S. and she thought it would be similar to that. Ma'am, it's a totally different. And she was just unprepared for all of the things. And how Harry going to be like, oh, in the car. Hey, do you know how to curse Sir, why were you not instilling these lessons? Wait, like, why weren't you like, girl, are you ready? Because he seemed like he, whoever. Well, maybe nobody really. But I'm like, ain't nobody there to be like, uh, girl, get it together. You ain't ready. She was just unaware of all sorts of things. And I do agree that everybody has like, and they said this too in the documentary, like 
she's not the only one that's been treated bad. All of them have been treated bad. All of them, but for them, this was literally their way of life. This is all they knew. And you know what? I'll grin and bear it. But she did have the added, added thing of racism, but she also had a life outside of this, which she could be like, you know what? This isn't everything. I can go somewhere else. And that's something I don't think that they really realized that she would exercise. Yeah. And so, so that, and I guess that's the point I was trying to illustrate is the fact that she did not know and identify with being a black woman. But I, but my point is, I think it's a choice because I don't think you can have a black mother and look at her face every day. I think that you're choosing and many of, and many people do that. We know about that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, the, that, so if you and I are in a car together and somebody calls you the N word, I'm going to be equally as offended. Right. When that happened to Megan, she felt bad for her mother. She did not feel bad for herself. You are that so was what I, put, mm, I that's mm. what I got. From that. So mm. it, it, and it was a choice because she decided at some point, um, and, you know, and like I said, I don't believe in like romanticizing anybody's story, even if, mm. you know, I can talk about the problems, but I'm not going to romanticize Megan. I mean, you know, we cool and all. And we can we can kick it, but I'm gonna to be honest about it because you know she found herself in a situation that I think um, was pretty dangerous for her. So I hope anybody who hears her story and kind of sees and kind of understands the importance um, that girl, uh, if you have one drop, if you if this was back in the 1800s, mm. and you, I don't care how light, bright, pink, tan. You mm -hmm. might have been, honey, that one little drop of black blood, baby, you've been out there picking some cotton right next to me, boo. And so you need to know that because that's the reality of the world that we live in. And it doesn't matter whether it's fair or not fair or what's right or wrong. It mm -hmm. is what it is. And, you know, and, and, and the understanding of that could have really put her in a circumstance because she really, I don't know what they'll go on to do. So let mm -hmm. me just say my my comment now is about what has happened at this point the people of you know the the the, the people of england right could have really utilized her she was she was starting to do some good work mm -hmm. you know she could have really been an inspiration she really could have you know really brought attention to things and just like any other black woman who go on their job and they have to deal with the patriarchy they have to deal with white supremacy they have to deal with uh with white feminists who don't back them and as we you know climb the corporate ladder we do so and we we um we bite the bullet and we endure because we know that it has to be done mm. and so i don't really know how i feel about everything that I've heard, I understand. I understand the concept of mm -hmm. mental health and I'm not trying to dismiss that, but I'm just saying that if she was better equipped and if somehow along her journey, if she would have really realized that, yes, girl, you are a black girl. I don't care what you do. I don't care who you marry. I don't care who your friend. I don't even care who your friends are. I don't care what schools you went to. I don't care what kind of sorority you joined. I don't even care how you choose to live your life as long as you know who you are. Right. Mm. And so then you're not in denial of that. And so when it shows up and smacks you in the face, that you're not like, oh my gosh. And that's what happens. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. And then I just want to say something quick about, you know, Harry. Again, I just think like every time I'm, I'm not trying to say that Megan is acting. I don't want to insinuate that. All I'm saying is that whenever somebody's a lawyer or whenever somebody is like, I'm not going to get into a fight with a kung fu, a black belt in kung fu, because I know I'm going to lose that fight. You know, I also have to say, <laughs> I also have to say, you know, does she manipulate him a little bit? Because I, I don't want to agree with those kind of conversations because I really just want to be like totally on her side just because I realize the racist tropes that are being yielded and thrown her way. And I just want to fight with her. But then I have to say, like, you know, we know that, you know, he, he was going to do anything, anything, because the minute that his mom, the idea that something could happen to her, and mm. I don't, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, maybe, maybe not, but I'm just putting that out there. Okay. <laughs> well, me up, I can't identify, that part is hard for me to identify with since it was his idea to leave and she was trying to find 
every reason to stay. And I want to say shout out to the, um, what do they call the people on Instagram? The thirst trappers, because I don't have an Instagram, but when my man said he met his wife on Instagram, I'm not, not the prince. (laughs) Instagram and she didn't even she wasn't even like doing too much she had the cute snapchat filter so he did readily pursue her and like you spoke about earlier because of his childhood trauma I think Mm -hmm. a part of him was always like y'all you know how people are like you don't get on my last nerves for him it was like y'all move to the left too hard and I'm out so he had I think was give me a reason I think he was give give me a reason Give me a reason. I'm waiting for it. I want a reason. I feel like he was like that. Yes, for sure. Give me the reason and we're out. And um, it's going to be what it be with that. I want to kind of circle back to this Tyler Perry thing. What a man. Did y'all see that coming? <laughs> oh, I think that my three, my top three biggest surprises were that they met via Instagram and he just slid into a friend's DM like, who's this girl? I'm like, really? That's how I would think like it would have to be harder for them, especially since he'd have to ask his grandma for permission that he just was fine with like the Instagram girl that he didn't know nothing about. I thought that was kind of cute and endearing. Two, Tyler Perry. I was like, what's he doing in the dustbin? <laughs> he was the, he came to the rescue and I was like, oh, I'd be coming for the Medea movies because the plots really do always be the same and not that out of the box and the jokes, but uh, I'd be watching them. So that was the surprise. And then third, I will just go back to something we already talked about. I was surprised to see like just her relationship to, as she kept saying, people of color. So she would say like, oh, they miss an opportunity because I didn't even realize this, that most of the Commonwealth is like countries with people of color. I was mm-hmm. like, well, Britain, I didn't know how much Britain was really out there conquering the world. So um, yeah, she was speaking in like those terms. And I thought I couldn't put my finger on it, but you guys have nailed it. It was because she doesn't really see herself as a black woman. Um, so Vashon, uh, did you have like a top three surprises? Um, let's see. I would have to say that I was a little surprised in how ambitious the paparazzi is. I, I think that mm-hmm. I, I know how ambitious they are, but to the extent that they would go to um, to get a glimpse of them and just to complete, you know, breaking laws. I and mean, I think at one time, like they cut the fence or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then I have to put myself in that position. And I think externally, you know, uh, you know, we all enjoy, you know, this, this information and getting a snapshot and we don't realize what these people are going through. And I think about how offended I am when somebody accidentally knocks on my door, you know, and I'm like, what, you know? So I just can't imagine, um, or when my hair is kind of like all poofed up or whatever, and I, I and I run and decide to go somewhere, I can't imagine just kind of being like under that constant lens and 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 pressure, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. So um, that that was that was one thing. I would say that, um, you know, I, I heard about it, but I, I was I was kind of shocked. And I guess just because, I don't know, um, maybe because I just couldn't necessarily relate or fully understand, I was I was shocked about, like, I wouldn't have been shocked if it would just have been, like, depression or something like that. I was shocked to hear her go into the level of detail about the fact that she wanted to end her life um, and that she wanted to, you know, commit suicide, you know, um, that was you know, that, that, that was something that was shocking. You know, I, I, I could have, you know, expected maybe the depression. And so, you know, I, it must've been a very traumatizing, you know, experience for her um, because I had not heard previous and I mean, maybe something that she hasn't disclosed that she hasn't like suffered from mental health issues or she hasn't suffered. So this was definitely the circumstance brought on by the situation that she found herself in. And um, let's see, I was, mm, let's see, do I have any more takeaways that I thought from that? 
Um, yeah, I, I can equally say that I thought that the whole equally with the Tyler Perry, for some reason, I did not know that. Uh, I didn't, I never heard that. I didn't see the piece where he actually interviewed and they asked him, you know, once it came out that they were there. Uh, so, you know, I didn't really have any, you know, kind of like idea about that, but I do know that, you know, Meg and, you know, Harry, I mean, they're very close to, um, you know, Barack and, and Harry, you know, had this like bromance, this really good friendship. Um, and so, yeah, it, it let me know just on the level, you know, that they are, you know, since that they are connected and whatever they do, um, now they have an engine as far as the highest of American society that, you know, may be able to rival the power of the English monarchy, the British monarchy. So yeah, those are my three takeaways. Sharika. So I have to jump back and then I'll come back. So I wanted to go back to the Harry thing and him. I think that um, he saw over and over again, how they will not protect you, how his mom, she, when she, in her interview, she said, you know, when I got, when we announced the divorce, like that's when it was, they, they weren't supporting me. They weren't taking, you know, they weren't, they weren't looking out for me and people were coming for her. They were coming at her. They were all like the, the way that they, she was unprotected and basically which ended in her life. Um, he was like, I will not, and, and how Charles looked like he could care less about the fact that the mother of his children is being harassed to the point of her death. And then the fact that, you know, they were all expected to suck it up, walk behind that casket and act like their mother is not in their dead because of the paparazzi and all the foolishness and just how, oh, he, I think he realized like, if it comes down to it, if, if it's, if it's us or them, they don't care if it's us and I will not stand on the side like my dad did and let my mom die without doing every, I think probably as a child, you were helpless. You couldn't do anything. And now as a man, you're like, I, I, I wish they think that I will sit down again and do nothing. I think he figured, you know what, when I, I couldn't fight for my mom, but I can fight for my wife. I can fight for my children and I will fight for them. And if that means walking away from everything I know, I will do that because I couldn't save my mom, but maybe I can save them. And I think maybe that was the motivation be behind like, oh, think I will stay because nobody really, you know, it didn't even look like they really comforted them. Like there was no warmth, like the mother, his mom seemed to be the only warm, real loving as we recognize it force in his life. And now they're gone, she's gone. And, you know, he's found this with this woman and he doesn't want to give that up again. So I can understand him being willing to walk away from this. Plus, I don't think he was in it for the beginning. He was happy to be not the king, the one in line. So that's when he could rebel and do this and that because the expectations on his, his, his role was not to the degree of his brother. And I think that was just fine for him. Um, now to my three takeaways or shocking things that were number one is how the monarchy is in bed with the tabloids and the paparazzi mm. and all that. Like that was is so wild to me to be like, hey, it's a you wash my hand, I wash your hand. It's the fact that they they be like they feel like you get public funds, so we are owed everything. You have no life without us. We are your life, and anything when we say jump, you better be like jumping in front of this camera for these photos, and don't you dare think that you're gonna have a private moment because we you owe, you belong to us. And so to see how how bad it was, like I just did not expect understand that and I think that's an area again that was you know in America you know the paparazzi is wild but there I do see the celebrities they be banding together they be like you know what no photos of children that's where you draw the line you know they, they have a little community like hey, we're going to have some lines that you guys can't cross or we're going to pursue legal action. In, in, in the British monarch, there, that is not, there is none of that. 
It is, we are beholden to them and what they say we do. If they want a juicy story, we're going to provide one. If they want, if, if they want to, you know, expose, expo, do an expose on this, we're going to give it to them. And so I don't think that Megan realized that she would be thrown out there and unprotected as she was. And so I felt bad too, to the point where she was talking about how paranoid she was. Like, is someone going to come in the house? What are they going to do? They're coming up to the door. They're coming up to the, the cameras. They're crossing over the fence. Like that is a scary place to be that be like, to see that people will not stop. There is no like, okay, you know what? This is a bit far. The human decency does not kick in. It's, it's, it's so overwhelming. And as we know, we would think, oh, it's not going to go that far. But as we saw with Diana, it, it can go that far. It can go to the, to the point of death. Like they will chase you down, run you off the road. I mean, we saw, you know, even here, some of those times, that's why Britney Spears took that back to that car is because sometimes they can be that relentless. And so I did feel so sad to, to feel like you, you're in your own home and you're like, you feel like you can't, you're you're trapped and you're you know so I was surprised at that surprised that um I was surprised that really they don't they really don't have as much power the monarchy is literally just a figurehead and the establishment or whoever it is that is running this thing is really running these things and they are so I understand now that why Charles and all of them, even the queen did what they did because these people really do own them. If they take away their support, they make no money otherwise. Like they have no, the houses don't even, the castles or wherever they live don't even belong to them. So they really do have to do what they say or they have no way of living or being. And so that was surprising to realize that we said, oh, they're in charge or we think, oh, the queen says whatever, the queen only says what they say she can say. And then it's, hey, ma'am, get in line. And that's, and um, so that's why I was sad when, you know, when Harry was, I mean, Harry was talking about how he had that little date with his, his grandma. She was like, I'm busy now. I can't make it. Sorry. There's something on the schedule now, all of a sudden, because it, it, it really showed how, in how controlled they really are. And then the last thing, um, the last thing I was surprised at is how down to earth they do seem like when Megan was talking about, oh, he, we went to Africa or wherever they were and they were living in that tent. I was like, I don't even think I could be out there in the tent. I need some running water. I need to be in the showers. I need to like, but to see how like, you know what, down to earth they were and, and just how they just really don't seem at, as much as they both have had in their own rights and in their own lives, like, they are still seems down to earth and reg, you know, in, in somewhat some ways, regular people. Well, I'm excited to see what the future brings with their story. I pray that they will be healthy and um, protected, uh, but I'm excited to see the impact they'll make on the world. And it's funny mm -hmm. that you mentioned the castles because I almost choked when they said Oprah was in there like, you wouldn't believe they would have I'm like not Oprah coming for their humble, their humble abode. She said, it's ghetto in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I do want to share a quick quote with the listeners. And it's actually in relationship to the Holocaust. Now, hear what I'm saying or don't hear what I'm not saying. What they're going through, Harry and Megan, what they went through is not comparable to the Holocaust. I just think the first half of this quote by Francesca Leah Black Block, who's an author, really resonates with what we're talking about today. Think about the word destroy. Do you know what it is? De-story. 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 You see? And restore, that's re-story. Um, and so they're just talking about the importance of having the ability to tell your story and the impact that that makes. And destroying someone is taking that ability away from them. And I really think that's what happened with Harry and Megan for the first part. Like they talked a lot about how the news was telling their story and this person was saying this and things that weren't true and it was fine and people told them to go along with it. And now there's like this kind of restoration period for them and that they can tell their own story. So my encouragement to the listeners would be like, tell your story. 
you know, go ahead and put your little Facebook status or your little tweets out there, okay? Don't let other people destroy you by claiming your story as their own. Is there anything else as we come close to our close that we'd like to expound on today? Vashon or Sharika, anything you want to expound on? I'll let Vashon go. Anything? Yeah, go ahead. I will let you go and say if there's anything you want to wrap up with what we talked about, anything you want to say. Go ahead, Vashon. Yeah, I just was going to give a final thought. I think you made a lot of great points. Um, and, and what I just kind of remembered um, in regards to the, you know, the, the convoluted nature between the press, it's kind of like they almost like sold their souls a little bit mm -hmm. in order to be have some control over the narrative. Mm -hmm. and, that they, and, that, and that's one of the things that um, Harry, Harry and Megan said is that, and I think this is something that you generally don't understand uh, and that we definitely don't understand is that they were feeding because they, because as soon as Megan came on the scene, all of the negative talk stopped about Kate, right? Mm. So Kate is like, oh, well, great. Glad it's not me now. You know, now mm. it's her. But you see why it would be in her interest or in William's interest to let them have Harry and Megan, right? Mm-hmm. Because now the focus and attention is no longer on any scandals or any other thing that's kind of going on of relevancy, you know, questioning the monarchy. Now they have something and they're willing to do that. And I would say out of everything, that would have been the fair thing to say, well, dang, that was surprising because I don't think anybody expected or knew that in general. And maybe Harry wasn't even as aware because maybe he didn't really know the mechanics of what was going on behind the scenes until mm -hmm. it really hit him because he, you know. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so that, that's the thought. I just wanted to add to that. Absolutely. And now we're going to close with some recommends. Y'all know off the bat, I already did the little uh, Disney song, but y'all read Harry's book Spare. And also... Bashan is an author among many things. So I recommend now I'm not telling y'all to friend her because I don't want to do that to her and make y'all think she's going to accept all these random requests. But if her page is public, I'm not sure, or some of her posts on are public, look up Bashan Christian, B-A-S-H-O-N Christian on Facebook. I'm telling you, it is entertainment. It is um, education is all of the things, but the special thing is her book, which I will let her speak to. That's what I'm recommending. Uh, let's let Sharika share your recommends and then we'll let Bashan speak to her, her latest book. Okay, so as we're talking Europe, you know, this is a little on the lighter fun side. You know what, if you into the little, you know, romantic comedy dramedies, check out Emily in Paris. Um, it's on its third season in Netflix, so it's a hot mess. She's a hot mess, but you know what? If you like a little kiki and just a, a little entertainment and a little like, girl, you crazy. This whole thing is ridiculous. Go on and pop over to Emily in Paris on Netflix. Okay, well, thank you, thank you so much. Yes, actually, probably Facebook is fine, but um, if anybody do would like to connect with me, particularly because of the book that I have coming out, which is called Black Girl Be Brave. Um, mm. In this book, I take the stories of 44 African-American, Black American women, and I tell their stories through, their, um, through the lens of how they became, what shaped them. And, mm. and it's done in different um, creative ways, using different art forms to tell these stories. And to be honest, um, uh, Megan is probably one of the ones that was the most challenging because it might not seem as the most positive portrayal of a woman, but it was necessary because I, if anyone ever finds themselves in her situation, I need them to learn from her. Mm. And that's the reason why I decided to write her story in the way that I did, which is in poetic format. Um, in addition to that, she concludes my book, which lets you know how important I think her story is and how important I think that her legacy will be. And I think that the beginning of what her and Harry will do is just beginning and we have no idea what will come. So I just want to share real quickly just a couple of stanzas just to give you a little tease. And if you're interested, then you can go to my Instagram or my Facebook and there's a link to sign up so that you'll be notified when it drops. Okay, so 
Although the privilege of white schools and white sororities, white boyfriends and a white father that would go on to legitimize you in white existence, you still come from a history of rape black women who looked white too, but no matter how passing, there was no difference. But girl, I'm here to tell you that you are the daughter of ISIS. That mitochondrial connection in your DNA is priceless. This is not about who you are or who you have been, but who you will be. And a large part of that is dealing with your identity crisis. You descended out of the womb of the universe and tethered by the umbilical cord that tied you to your black mama. And now that you have stepped into Cinderella's missing shoe, it catapulted you into the leading role of a black woman's drama. Thank you for mm. allowing me to share. Wow. Why do I feel like I'm about to cry? Like Girl. that was so good. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, thinking, I was thinking, I don't know how, you know, I don't know the whole author situation, but I'm like, this needs to be an audiobook as well because we need to hear that voice <laughs> read those words. That was amazing. Um, can you share the Instagram handle so we can make sure we got it right for the listeners? I totally forgot. I got to get better at this. That's okay. Um, it's I am butterfly. Yeah, I am the butterfly. In mm. butterfly spelled with the I. So I A M T H E B U T T E R F L I. That's a lot. Okay, yeah, I can't wait to get that book. And I'm with Sharika. It needs to be an audiobook situation. That was amazing. That girl, when she hit that girl, I said, I felt that. I, I felt that in my spirit. And I was like, we need that because people ain't going to read that right. They need to hear that and feel that. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining us about on our conversation about Harry and Megan and The Crown. I'm sure we'll run it back sometime with Fair, and I would love to have a Sean back sometime. Maybe when the book actually drops, we can have you back. Oh, yes. To talk about the book specifically and the amazing Black women that you've highlighted in the book. Yes. Well, guys, remember, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. Maybe even call Tyler Perry. <laughs>